Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Cult and Crime. I'm Jamie. And I'm Nicole. So guys, today we are doing a true crime episode, but Nicole talked to me and I thought it was super appropriate to do something kind of different. Yes, guys. So with everything that's going on in the world today, I had a bit of a conviction that we needed to do our part for that Black Lives Matter. All too often, people of color go missing and don't get nearly the same amount of attention in the media that someone that's white would have. And as we all know, to do a show like ours and to get the word about these unsolved cases, we have to do a ton of research. It requires hours and hours looking at multiple different sources and digging deep into the truth. But without media coverage, it's so often that there's just not enough information for us to do a show. Oh, yeah, I could totally agree. It takes it takes me multiple days to research an episode. You know, I'll watch a documentary, I'll read a book, I will go through, scour through Wikipedia and news sites because I don't feel, because I really try to find stuff that has multiple sources instead of just getting it from one source. Well, multiple sources leads to better education. Don't ever just look up one source and think it's the truth. And that go, that's a blanket statement for anything. If I learned anything getting my college degree is to always have multiple peer-reviewed sources. Exactly. And I want to look at the case of Roger Hamilton. So I scored the internet and all I was able to find, Jamie, was a single article from the Washington Post and a notice to close the case file, which was a whopping four page long. His case. Wow, that's quite, that's not a lot of stuff. No, it's not. His case seems cut and dry when I started reading the article, but somehow it still remains unsolved. We're going to dive into this case, and I'm going to give you all the information I was able to find. So Roger Hamilton was just 18 years old, and he was living with his parents in Burnsville, Alabama. He was fast asleep after all day working at a local farm that they also lived on. Around 1.30 in the morning, his mother Beatrice heard a truck pull into their long gravel driveway and stop. Then, she heard her son's name being called out over and over again, until Beatrice woke up and went to her son's room to wake him up to get him downstairs and see what all the fuss was about. Roger had then went outside, and just like all mothers, Beatrice looked out her bedroom window to see what was going on. She saw a green pickup truck with two men. One was on the inside, and the other was standing outside talking to Roger. They stood outside in the front yard talking for several minutes before Roger went into the pickup truck, then went into the pickup truck with them and drove off. Beatrice had attempted to wake up her husband to follow the green, tri- pick- to follow the green pickup truck, but with no sex, she set out on her own to follow the pickup truck on foot. Down the road, about a third of a mile away, the truck was parked and Roger was standing outside when Beatrice heard a gunshot and saw the truck pull away when she ran to Roger and used a flashlight to see that he had been shot point blank. Beatrice ran to the owner of the farm's house and reported the murder. So, like I said when I, w- when, like I, said when I started, open and shut, right? Beatrice had a description of the men, the color of the truck, but we all know, all so often, that isn't how it works. Local police did investigate this. Being 1957, there's no cameras. There's no phones to record what happened. 
the police did start talking to neighbors and family and friends looking for motives surrounding why someone would do this. And that we, they must have known him. And that we know for certain, or at least that they knew of him, right? Because they yelled his name out. All their investigation did lead to the fact that Roger was a good kid. He worked daily on the farm, tirelessly, and wasn't known to get into any kind of trouble whatsoever. His boss did mention that he didn't know a lot about his personal life, but he didn't really have one. He worked his butt off on this farm day in and day out. And I'm going to also say this now. I'm going to start saying a lot of things about a lot of people without any of their names to go further in this case. But that's because the FBI had actually redacted all the names, and I'm assuming that's for a privacy reason? Um, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. It could be that they're minors. It could be that they're protected, like they made a deal for someone else, and now they're in protective custody. You never really quite know. Okay. Um, well, but moving on. They try to dive further into his personal life, and two unidentified African-American girls did mention Roger had, Roger had a longtime girlfriend of two years before a recent breakup just two months prior to the shooting. And in the article I found, they stated that they were unaware that anybody had any problems with them dating. Which, because there isn't any names, I can't tell you if the girlfriend was black or white. I can't give you any information on her at all. That's seriously. So you're thinking it might be that someone was unhappy with an interracial relationship? In 1957 of Alabama? Definitely. But I know at this point you're thinking, well, or I'm, at this point I'm sure some people are thinking, well, this is in 1957, right? We've had made leaps and bounds better than what we were. Although we have made great strides in Black Lives Matter movement, we have a long way to go just like the case of Leon Lacey. So in 2014, Leon was just 17 years old, high school student, and the star of his football team. He had grown up in a mostly white neighborhood of Blandonboro, North Carolina. On August 29th, Leon went about his routine, neatly sitting at his uniform jersey on his bed for the football game the following day. This being their very first game of the season, Leon was obviously excited. He had worked so hard to get to the best shape of his life, possible. (laughs) He had spent his entire summer running drills and doing after-practice work like running up his high school bleachers wearing a 65-pound weighted vest, Jamie. (laughs) Could you imagine doing that? Um, no, I'm a super big wimp. (laughs) And if his mom could spare the change, she would give him seven dollars and he would get a day pass to the local gym. He had dreams and he had goals. He wanted to crush the season and he wanted to be noticed by by college scouts and get a scholarship And from there, he wanted to get his education and maybe join the NFL. But all this was cut short because the very following day of his very first game of the season, Leon was found dead. They found him hanging on a swing set in the middle of an almost completely occupied trailer park. This trailer park being one where two residents had set out a sign on the entrance saying, and I quote, N-words keep out, unquote. This isn't the same trailer park his oh, this is also the same trailer park that his white girlfriend lived. Fifteen years his senior, Michelle Brimhall and Leon were in a romantic relationship. After Michelle, who's a mother of three, had recently divorced her husband, and for a short time she had actually lived right across the street from Leon in a in a public housing complex. 
And just to mention, Michelle, to feed her family, was a working prostitute, and she did also suffer from a severe meth addiction. Michelle's family did have problems with their relationship due to the fact that she was dating someone so much younger than herself. Even her neighbors weren't so happy. Medium.com did a story about the case and interviewed her, and she said, and I'll quote, Neighbors had told me they were against interracial relationships, and it is not right for me to be with a black man. We tried to keep our relationship a secret. We would walk to the store together, but we would never hold hands or kiss or any of that stuff in public. Unquote. So, just to clarify, her neighbors had zero problem with Michelle dating a minor. Their only problem was the color of Leon's skin. And if that doesn't infuriate you, I don't know what will. The police did investigate the case, and the cause of death was determined to be asphyxia secondary to hanging. Self-inflicted suicide. Case closed. But the North Carolina NAACP, which is the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, hired their own pathologist to dig deeper into the case, and it was determined that it would be nearly impossible for him to hang himself from that swing set. So the 5'9 teen was found hanging from a noose attached to a cross beam that was 90 inches off the ground, making it way too high for Leon to reach without help or if he had some kind of a step stool or ladder. He would have had to place the item underneath himself, stand on it, and then he'd have to kick it away. But there wasn't any items like that found anywhere near him. Furthermore, when Leon left his house, he had on his brand new pair of Air Jordans, but when his body was found, he was wearing sneakers that were two sizes too small for his feet. And while Leon did own a similar belt to the one that he had allegedly hung himself with, his mother could account for the belt being their family's car. So if it wasn't his belt and it wasn't his shoes, whose were they? During his funeral, his mom spotted scratches on his face and a visible bump above his right eye. The mortician was even shocked when he noticed that there was abrasions across both shoulders and down the inside of both of his arms. The police, by the way, claimed that this was from ants. I'm sorry, what? I exactly. I- Uh, girl, sometimes I'm just like, hey, maybe get like an EMT in there. Maybe like a medic, hey, fuck me, like a nurse. Get someone with some sort of medical training to be like, hey, this looks like something bad. I don't understand why police officers who have no training in medical stuff could are save. like, well, like, you know what? This is definitely this. No, like they don't know. They're not trained to do that. Well, what kind of super killer ants could cause a bump over his right eye? Yeah, unless maybe he was, maybe they assumed he was allergic to the ant. Possibly. But then, like, if you're, like, not 100% certain, you shouldn't put it in your police report. Well, how can you explain that away? It just seems absolutely ridiculous to me. And, Jamie, exactly. the torment didn't even stop there. That's the worst part. His grave was then desecrated just a few days after his burial. They dug a large hole at the corner of his plot and throw the flowers that his family has carefully set for them yards away from the site. And then a few weeks later, a local teen was arrested for attempting to desecrate the grave further. The police swear that they did a comprehensive investigation, but failed to even do a DNA sample underneath Leon's fingernails. 
or get any DNA at all. They got no DNA off the body? They didn't bother taking any samples, Jamie. Then... Bruh. Oh, Jamie. Then, when the, when the coroner was not allowed to take any photos of the crime scene... Anne I'm sorry, told, what? <laughs> yeah. Anne was told that if he took any pictures, his camera would be confiscated. The fuck? The sorry, f- my language. Language. Sorry, guys. No, Jamie. <laughs> the fuck indeed. I hate this. I hate this so much. I hate hearing about this stuff so much because it's like it's so easy to not be an asshole. Well, it's, it's like everyone else, like I've probably I made it pretty clear throughout the podcast. Like this is what my degree is going to be in. This is what I'm educating myself for. This is what I want to do with my life. So it upsets me when officers don't do things either correctly or do things like this, where it's just disgustingly inappropriate. Because it look, makes all officers look bad. And you know, I've talked to my police friends about this as well. And they hate this shit. Oh my god. I like, agree. Cops absolutely hate cops that do shit like this. Because it, it makes them, them all look bad. And it makes it hard to do your job. Because no one trusts you. Because Bill Joe over there is just an asshole. Agreed. And... Obviously, they stopped the investigation when they determined he was a suicide, so the NAACP did their own investigation, which led to several possible suspects. So well, it- and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, bruh, so it's a suicide, but why are they desecrating his grave, though? Right. Like, you don't desecrate the grave of someone who commits suicide. Seems suspicious. You desecrate the grave of someone you have a personal vendetta against. Seems suspicious to me, right? So... Some of the possible suspects, there was an unknown resident of the trailer park that did mention, and I quote, Leon had an argument with his girlfriend. After that time, he went to a mobile home located in the park where he was found. Family expressed concerns about one male that resided in the mobile home. He had a history of violence so severe that he could not live with either of his parents and was staying the people who resided there. Unquote. The couple he was staying with by the way, Jamie, is the same couple who posted the keep out signs as well as several other racial slurs. That's not suspicious at all. Let's just completely ignore all this super great evidence. Hey, Jamie, guess who found the body? If you say that couple, I'm going to be upset. His, the wife of the couple found the body and allegedly cut it down. Girl. So... This man is 5'9 and 200 pounds. This woman... That's a big boy. This is a... I would go on the edge of elderly woman. They won't give me an exact age because they won't say their names. But again, I'm 5'6 pounds. And I could not... An unspecified pounds under 200 pounds. Yeah, under 200. Yeah, I like that. Under 200 pounds. And I couldn't deadlift 200 plus pounds up and cut the rope or cut the belt off oh yeah at the same time no there's no way what woman could well like my gym partner is a dude and he can lift quite a bit more than me let's see he's probably around five seven i'm assuming yeah i haven't asked him but like i don't think he could lift that shit and then also do undo a belt at the same time oh it was cut jamie 
Not undone. Yeah. Cut. Well, like still cut. Like it's you can't deadlift that with one arm unless you're a serious muscle builder. And even then, like I'd like to see it. Right. No, I totally agree. For someone that high, for a average size woman, that's impossible. And also, she has racial slurs. Also, she's made. Also, she says she doesn't like people of color. Suspicious, right? Yeah, all this is just like, oh, cool, look at all these great investigational tools that you can use for your advantage. Exactly. The NAACP did a great job. And even if she didn't do it, the KKK was really active. There was actually two known KKK members living in that exact trailer park. Of course they were. Of course they were. Like, do we want to talk to them? (laughs) Or no? I am like, so just like, come on. Just such a, like, such a little amount of effort, man. Just such a small amount of effort really could have done wonders in this case. Oh, I totally agree. Let's not, let's not discount his 15 years, his senior meth addict girlfriend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because drug addicts are known to be nonviolent. So there was a thought that her ex-husband had murdered him, but he was actually living like two states away. But she didn't react how a normal person would react. And I hate saying that because everyone... Well, to be fair, like... In different ways. Yeah, like, that's so problematic because it's like, you don't know how people are going to re- react to that kind of grief until well, it happens. And also, like you said, she's addicted to drugs, so that definitely affects how emotions run through your body. Oh, yeah, agreed. Well, she didn't go to the funeral, and she refused to talk to the family. Refused to talk to anyone. Well, see, that's, to me, like, that's kind of an earmark of grief to be, to shut yourself off and be depressed. Well, but furthermore, Jamie, the police did not go into her trailer. They didn't search anything of hers. Well, you really, like, did they try to? No, Jamie, they didn't even try. Okay, because I'm like, well, you know, maybe she just told them no and they couldn't get a warrant. But, like, you gotta, like, try, though. He's definitely been there. Come on. Well, that just leads up. It's a pattern for an investigation. If You have to prove to me that he committed suicide. You can't just tell me. You know what I mean? See, unfortunately, I don't know a lot about investigating suicides. That's just not something that we've covered in any of my classes yet. So I'm not quite sure how investigating suicide goes. Like, I have very little training on that or, like, someone being teaching me how that goes. Like, my understanding is... You have to have something like some sort of proof to show it. But, you know, in a lot of cases, it's just gunpowder residue, you know, evidence to like, hey, if the gun was right here, how would he shoot himself in this direction? That kind of stuff. Or like, hey, is there a suicide note? Because there's not really a ton you can do for suicide investigations. That's just my understanding. I could be completely wrong. No, I totally agree. And they did, after all, everything was all said and done, try to open up the investigation again. The U.S. attorney had listed the steps they had taken during the investigation themselves, including a review of the law enforcement's reports, statements made by Lacey's families and friends, witness statements, social media postings, forensic evidence, and more. And I'll quote, after a careful and thorough review of a team of experienced federal prosecutors and FBI agents... The Justice Department found no evidence to suggest that Lacey's death was a homicide. According to the investigation, this incident has been closed, unquote. Uh, 
I feel like there's a lot of investigating that could have proven one way or another if they just would have done it. But I can understand, like, with the very limited information they have, being able to be like, hey, there's not enough evidence to make this a homicide. We don't have any evidence that it's a homicide. That's because the evidence wasn't collected. No, I totally agree. If you would have gotten a DNA sample, maybe I would have believed it. Okay. Well, it's like, there's so many avenues of investigation that I'm assuming they just didn't cover. Like, you want to see if there's some sort of suicide note. That's an avenue of investigation. You want to know that the item that he used to strangle himself, in this case a belt, came from him, which you said his mom said he did. Or, like, you want to know where the belt came from. You said that it wasn't his belt found at the scene, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so you want to know where the belt came from, where the shoes came from in this case, because obviously those aren't his shoes. There's just so many things where it's like, hey, you have to be able to close those, like, you got to close the circle. You have to know where all these extra items came from. You have to know where, what each of these, you know, wounds came from. You have to know... If this caused that, if this person had anyone who didn't like him, if anyone who are saying all these racist things about him has any sort of alibi, there's so many things you have to close down when you're doing an investigation. Because if you do take something to court, or if his parents decide to civilly sue, you have to explain why, you know, why these things are the way they are. You can't just say, oh, we don't know. It's your job, your police officer, it's your job to know. Yes, I, oh my god, I totally agree. It's your job. Well, it's also a way of protecting yourself as a police officer. Because like I said, if his parents decide to civilly sue, and they're like, hey, you didn't investigate this properly. Did you look into where the shoes came from? Did you look into where the belt came from? Did you look into any of these people? Do you have any proof that you talked to any of these people? Exactly. You know, yeah, because that's just shoddy investigation. Agree. And in a world where racism is alive and well, We have to stand up for justice. We have to stand up for the rights of us and others. When someone gets murdered, we have, we should not be looking at the color of their skin, but rather cold hard evidence and facts in these cases. I just told you two stories of young African Americans' lives that were cut short and the justice system absolutely failing them. We need to do better. And we can do better. My problem with this whole thing is, is we've come so far, you know, body cams, you know, getting more restrictions for police officers, getting more training for police officers. But yet these stories sound so similar and they're so many years apart. So how far could we really have came? I completely agree. But that's it for this episode. Next week, we will be back with an all new cults and crime. Yeah, guys, we'll see you next week. Stay strong, drink a cup of tea, do whatever you need to do to get past these next few days. I agree. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at Pod.